Hello, welcome to another episode of the Everyday Parenting Podcast. This is Carrie, Mary Beth's producer, here today to welcome you to the episode on school refusal. We're sharing Mary Beth's answers to a journalist's questions on the topic of what to do when your child does not want to go to school. We're happy to be able to share these recommendations and hope you find them helpful. If there's a topic you'd like Mary Beth to cover, please reach out to us via our website or social media channels. Mary Beth is happy to help. Enjoy the episode. Let's talk about school refusal. Um, this is a, a topic of topics right now um, that, uh, uh, you know, we have to look at it from the sense of, you know, it is a seasonal piece. Um, it is a piece that we have to understand that from August to September, as children are heading back to school, um, that um, there, you know, we, we begin to see patterns in children's behavior um, and about two weeks into uh, the school session, um, and then very harshly about three, three months into the school um, pattern, we begin to see um, school refusal as well. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on. You know, school refusal is, um, uh, it's a feeling, it's an emotion. And, um, you know, for a child, I, I really need you to hear that from a child's perspective. Um, it, it is a feeling and an emotion. And if parents can understand that, that they're just not trying to be difficult, there actually is something behind what's going on. And so hear that, it's a feeling and an emotion. So what is that feeling and emotion? What's behind it and how big is it? And that would really depend on developmentally how old your child is, how um, are they in a preschool, elementary school, middle school, high school, preteens, teens, all those pieces and they all look very different. And so what we want to look at is, um, you know, a lot of it is based on the failure, feeling failure, like they've failed. A preschooler, and you think, well, how can a preschooler feel like they failed? Well, uh, you know, a preschooler, you know, is very much aware of what other children are doing. Um, what they, they see other children crying or they see other children walk in. You know, they're not thinking about, oh, I'm failed as, as a preschooler, but they're, what they're looking at is, um, and what the parent is looking at really is really the, the, where the feeling of failure comes from. It's like, why can't my child just walk in and go into school and be okay? And that's what it kind of looks like in the preschool years, um, that feeling of uncomfortable, that feeling of separation, um, that feeling of, um, you know, not, um, uh, you know, not understanding how and what to do in certain situations, not feeling like they are, um, connected with anybody and a new teacher, not feeling safe. I mean, those are all the very typical preschool type pieces. And as children get older, um, they really have a huge sense of, um, you know, feeling inadequate or feeling um, like they have failed. And, and what we have to do is, is understand that there's a difference between um, anxiety-based absenteeism and, um, and, you know, and all the other feelings that come with feeling anxious. So there is actually, you know, uh, a diagnosable piece here, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, of, you know, anxiety-based absenteeism. Uh, and what, how does that relate to school refusal? And um, so what we, it, this is a very common occurrence. It isn't an unusual piece. And, and you know, it comes out of blue at many different times. Um, 
and parents get a bit overwhelmed by it, get very emotional about it. And, and it's, it's very difficult sometimes, to, most of the time to deal with. And so to understand it from the feeling from a child's perspective of, hey, they need our help during this time. Um, they need our support during this time. They need us to under, you know, understand what's going on. So when we look at you know, young children and we talk about separation anxiety and we talk about how, you know, can a child go to sleep on their own? Um, can, is a child able to play in a room by themselves? Is a child able to walk down you know, and, and use the toilet by themselves and wash their hands? If those are challenges that are going on in your home. And then we add going to school um, on top of it, uh, to preschool or to daycare. You know, we are gonna get some, some, um, some difficult times there because the child is really trying to work through separation piece and feeling confident. So that's understandable. But then when we get older children, what we have to really look at also is the academic piece, the social piece. You know, these are all really important um, aspects that we think a lot of children are resilient and can handle, which they do, a lot of children do, but then are the children that aren't feeling quite as resilient in every category. And so we have to look at, you know, what is going on academically with my child? Are they struggling academically? Are they having a difficult time um, with our elementary age or, or middle school? Are we beginning to see patterns of stress in different subjects? Um, is, do they currently have a diagnosis? Do they have ADHD? Do they have an autism piece? Um, are there other, other factors that are playing into this child feeling like they, um, they're not quite fitting in or they're not quite feeling uh, confident and they're having big emotions about things? Um, yes, there is uh, diagnosable you know, separation anxiety, social anxiety, depression, uh, like I said, undiagnosed learning and reading challenges. Um, there's the basic worrying about things. Um, there's panic. Um, there's obsessive compulsive pieces that can go on. Like I said, academic challenges, um, low mood. Is the child, you know, how is their mood? Are they waking up in a low mood? Does the morning start that way? You know, what's going on? And so we always have to look at all these variables um, before we jump in and, and start forcing a child into you know, and, and, um, and try to realize what is there, what's going on. And so when you do see, um, you know, your child beginning to um, make up excuses, for example, um, um, for our real young ones, um, you're going to see the night before, I don't want to go to school. What is tomorrow? I don't want to go to school tomorrow. You're going to start seeing that very basic, I, the night before type stuff going on. Um, you're going to, they're going to talk about um, not, uh, you know, not wanting to go. Um, I don't like the school. Um, I don't like my teacher. Um, that's very, very basic on the preschool level. They don't have the, the depth cognitive ability to kind of give you more in-depth pieces about that. But that usually happens the night before or the morning of. Um, what you get for older children um, is a lot more of, um, I have stomach ache. Um, and um, my head hurts, or um, I'm so tired, I don't have any energy to get out of bed. Um, um, and you're gonna get more of the physical pieces of, of um, just wanting to stay in bed um, and not wanting to get out, not wanting to move um, and, uh, and just kind of being stuck in that. And so, um, you know, when we begin to see the, uh, that slide happening, we begin to hear our children start talking this way um, and begin to hear 
um, then be, uh, begin to talk about you know, having a, a, an illness that they may not have. And you, you are aware of that, that, you know, you know, have they had a lot of stomach aches? Has there been a constipation issue? Have they had the stomach flu? Okay, that would make sense, but it's kind of coming out of the blue. Uh, we do need to, to talk with that child and question it a bit um, and really kind of help the child understand the difference between, you know, what a stomach ache is and what a nervous stomach might feel like. Um, and to kind of understand kind of that feeling, what it kind of feels icky in our stomach and when we're worried about things and we don't know, quite know what's going to happen next and we get a little bit worried. And so, you know, going through um, step by step and, and really kind of calling out a few things and, and being aware of what's going on with your child's physical health is really going to help you to dispel that, that myth or that feeling that they might be having. Um, what we need to be also aware is, you know, um, we we need to be, you know, also aware of, um, you know, the friendship issues. We got to look at the social issues. We got to look at, at, you know, how are they doing within the social world? And you know, when we get in middle school and high school, the social pieces are so so valuable to be aware of with your children. Um, you know, what are what are they struggling with when it comes to social world? What are they What are they telling you about friendship groups? Um, what are they telling you about, um, you know, when, where they eat lunch? Um, are they alone? Do, do they have anyone to sit with? Um, are they kind of excluded? You know, don't, don't, don't discount those pieces. Those are very serious, um, you know, worries for your child um, and, they, and experiences that just repeat themselves day after day. And, and um, you know, it's hard. It's really hard. And so that is a very typical piece that you'll hear uh, from your child. Um, and we really need to be alert to what your child is saying, what they are showing you with their body language. Um, and, you know, are they exaggerating? Um, that's a really good sign for our middle school, well, our elementary and all the way up to high school, but really more elementary is how much is your child um, exaggerating? You know, is there, are they using a lot of really big stories to express what's going on? Like my teacher hates me. And you know you, they tell you a story of the teacher correcting them over a simple thing, and but they see it as that my teacher hates me. Okay, well that child is telling you something. That child is telling you that they are exaggerating. Right? They're exaggerating. They're making things much much bigger than they really are. And when they when they start exaggerating, that tells you that they're feeling a bit insecure. They're feeling a bit uneasy of how to manage those situations. They don't know what to do. And so when they don't know what to do and that repeats itself over and over and over again, then we begin to see this pattern slipping and slipping and slipping. And in that child's brain, it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And so we need to really catch those small little glimpses that they give you, those small little clues, so we can um, help them and work through it and talk through it much earlier than waiting and saying, oh my goodness, you're okay, you're okay, don't worry about it. Okay, that is when we don't catch it. We have to catch it. That means we have to stop and think about these things. And so what parents, uh, you know, it's hard because in the morning we got to get going. We got to get to work. We got to get the kids to school. And this is where I tell parents all the time, talk about your schedule the night before. Talk about it on Sunday. Talk about the whole week coming up. Lay out the week. Lay out the activities. Lay out the expectations talk about where everybody's going to be from preschool all the way through high school. 
talk about what's coming up. So number one, this helps with the, the child to be aware of and then have an opportunity the night before or that Sunday before the week to talk about their fears, their expectations, their worries, what's going on versus waiting till that morning when you're trying to get out the house and there's not a lot of time to be therapeutic or to be that parent you want to be. So the more we preload our children and talk about things ahead so they have time to tell you your worry, their worries to, and you could strategize with them of how to get through certain situations, how to handle certain situations, to empathize with them and to really work on how to work through difficult moments, right? And, and then allow you time then to maybe send an email to a teacher to ask and, and to, to uh, with this, the child and say, hey, you know, Johnny's having a hard time when he gets to school, um, he's feeling on the playground. When he first gets there, he's just overwhelmed. a lot of competition. He's not feeling real confident in what the other kids are playing. He doesn't quite know what to do. You know, um, you know what, what could we do to help him in the morning when he gets there um, in that free playtime? You know, is there an adult on, you know, or can he come into the classroom and help you get ready? You know, all these strategies are what we need to do is help the child know there's people out there that can help. There's, I'm here as a parent to help you. Let's strategize. Let's work this out together. And as you're, you know, this, you know, and you think, oh, my high school child isn't going to want to do this. My middle school, yes, they will. Because they're going to want to look at the week. They're going to want to see what you expect of them, what they need, you know, planning ahead. I talk about that all the time. But look at, you know, if we, you know, elementary children and preschool children kind of get it out and start talking about their feelings um, much quicker and much faster and earlier. And so we can kind of deal with it from a day-by-day -day business. But when the children get older and teens and preteens, they hold stuff in and, and it gets bottled up. And, you know, when that gets bottled up, then the, then the volcano explodes and it looks really big. And that's what you see in the morning is a lot of lashing out. A lot of, I don't, I'm not getting out of bed. I'm not getting dressed. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do that. And, you know, we have to be aware in high school that, you know, they have a very intense fear of being evaluated. Evaluation is happens in a child, in a teenage mind all day long. They feel like they're on, people are watching them. People are looking at them. Teachers are judging them. Friends are judging them. Um, they have tests, they have to do their sports, they have to do music, all these things, they feel like it's a constant evaluation. And that is a huge specific worry um, that um, our middle school and high school kids really do suffer from. And, um, you know, they have, they have specific worries, right? Um, and they have, a, and we need to be, you know, aware of it, it gets covered up. Um, by this fear of, this fear of you know, being evaluated. So we need to talk with them and kind of understand what, you know, what are, what, what's really going on? You know, what, what's, the, what's that bigger, broader feeling that you're, that you're having? Um, and, you know, as we are nurturing our children and really listening to them and planning ahead and doing all those things that, you know, we talk about of, of um, you know, 
talk about things the week before, the night before, letting them be upset about, you know, letting them cry, letting them work through those big feelings. Um, we, we as parents have to understand that uh, we can't add more emotions and, and worry to the problem. Um, we have to be, uh, we've got to take on that role of the thinker. And so, you know, our role as parents is to problem solve and, and think things through and work with our children. Um, so if your child gets stuck, if you're if your um, high school or middle schooler is just stuck and they can't get ready for school and they don't want to get ready for school, you know, we don't want to um, let that child stay home. Our, our whole goal is to get the child to school. Um, even with our preschoolers, you don't want to stay home, but really emphasize middle, uh, elementary, middle school, high school. We don't want to start that pattern of a child staying home. Because once that pattern, once that child experiences that and does get to stay home, then that pattern will continue and it'll be much more difficult. When we know it's a problem is when we do see that within a two week period, you know, is this behavior that the child is exhibiting, this refusal, is it causing very difficult times within your family? Are people being late to work? Are people being late to school? Is it really upsetting the entire system? That's one thing to really look at within a two-week period. You know, we, I, you know, after two weeks, if it's still really disturbing everything, there's a lot of chaos still, there's a lot of refusal, then we do need to take the next step to get some professional help involved here. We, you know, before that, we're taking steps to get the school involved. We're communicating with teachers, counselors, um, getting the school aware of what's going on. Um, teachers aware of what's going on, um, you know, uh, the parental family, you know, is working together to really figure this out, but um, we don't want the child to be able to stay home. And um, what you do in small steps is we, you need to just really encourage taking small, meaningful steps towards where you need to go. So, um, you know, if the child is overly tired in the morning, right? So you got to really get to bed earlier, turn off the electronics at night, right? Get to bed earlier. Telling that child very clearly, our, our expectation is tomorrow you're going to get up, you're going to get dressed, you're going to have a small breakfast, and we're going to go to school. That's what, that's the plan for tomorrow, okay? And, you know, if you, um, if you find that that is a challenge for you and the, and the child, you know, especially the teenager, you need to still get them up. You still need to get them out of bed. Don't let them sleep in. Get them up. Go in there. Be their alarm. Sit on the side of their bed. Rub their back if you have to. Try not to be, you know, walk through and yell, but try to be there and get them up in the most kind way that you can um, and help get them, encourage them to get dressed. Uh, encourage them to eat, but we, we got to keep things moving forward in small, small increments. Um, if it is an extreme case, right, of um, not school refusal, there are different approaches to take this, and there's more, um, there's more therapeutic approaches within the family system that need to be in place, um, more goals and incentives, but you can use a lot of goals and incentives at this point. You've got to encourage and, and be really um, you know, really help to devise a plan with your child of how you're going to figure this out and solve this problem. 
but it all comes, it's not so much getting out of the house, but what's behind it. It's not just about let's get out of the house. Remember, we've got to solve the problem of why they feel the way they feel. Okay, that's the real issue. Why do they feel that way? And if you're getting responses for them, like, I don't know, or no response at all, right? Then just stay in that, in that moment with them. Stay in that silence with them, because you know what? If you stay in silence with a teenager, they're not going to feel comfortable. <laughs> they're not going to um, want that, that silence. It really, really is hard for them. So they're going to fill it in just to get rid of you. <laughs> so stay within that silence. Try not to talk too much. And say, we got to figure this out. We, we, I need to go to work. You need to go to school. That's the expectation here. We've got to figure out why, what's going on. And then be quiet. Stay there. Stay in that silence and see if you can get them to talk. See if you can get them to strategize with you of how we can make this work. And it might be that you do need to bargain with them. It might They might need an incentive of some sort. They might need your help in setting out some basic goals and some, um, you know, some, some bargaining chips that might get them more willing to, to get up and get going in the morning, right? We got to get that brain clicking to where we want it to go. So the, the other question that has come up, you know, we've got to remember too, is that um, uh, from the front, from the minute they leave our front door, right, till they come back in that door at the end of the day, that's I want you to look at, not just school. It might be that they are walking to school and there might be something going on there. It might be that they're taking a bus, a school bus, and there might be something going on there. It's the minute they walk out that front door until they come back in your door, look at the whole picture. It isn't always just about school. And I think a lot of times we focus so much on that. And it might be that your child has school refusal because in their mind, they've saw, they've created a mind about something they saw on, on one of the social media platforms, right? And that feeling they didn't like that and something then triggered them and then that made them feel uncomfortable about going to school. So it isn't always with school stuff. It can be other things too. So be aware of that from the minute they walk out your door till they come back at night, what are they experiencing? What are they being challenged by? What's happening? Look at that whole picture. And um, keep in mind, it's the whole environment, not just school. Um, and so remember we want to, um, we want to really keep an eye on the first signs um, and gently and kindly explore with your child. Number two, we wanna check in with teachers and counselors to make them aware of what's happening, right? So you're all the way from you know, elementary, uh, preschool, all the way to middle school, uh, high school, all these things. Keep an eye out for the little first signs. Remember we talked about the first signs that it looks like by age. Check with the teacher or counselor to help them know what's going on. Number three, validate your child's feelings of anxiety and problem solve together. That is the only way we're gonna build resilience. That is the only way we're gonna build that knowledge base of how to work through certain situations by problem solving and working through. There should be no point. I mean, I don't, I say that very definitively. We do not want um, 
a child, like I said, to, to be staying home, okay? But if by chance that day they are staying home and they're not feeling well or they're complaining of stomach ache and you let them stay home, which I recommend that you don't, unless it's, you know, you make it really clear about your family. In our family, we go to school or work even though, right? But no fevers, right? We don't go to school, we have a fever, but you know, if, and we're not throwing up, right? Then we can go, let's try. But if your child does stay home and you are there with them um, and you are um, in their care, they are, they're, they are gonna be working on schools, reading all their homework, doing everything they should normally be doing in school during those school hours at home. So that means no TV, that means no video games, that means no extra, nothing. It's, it's the same schedule as school. So they're gonna do that same schedule at home. So they're not gonna be pulling out anything different. What from, from 8.30 to three or whatever that school time is, they're gonna be working on school related items. So remember that we do not wanna create it to be fun for them at home, but more like school. So that's the piece of if they stay home. Um, what we have to always be aware of too is the larger piece of mental health that does play into um, watching our children go through this, this school refusal or anxiety. And yes, within after two weeks, if you do still see um, really severe reaction of going to school, you know, this is where we do reach out for the pediatrician, a therapist, um, anyone that can, a, par uh, a parent coach, anyone that can help and realize and find out what, what is going and really going on with your child and working with you as a parent to, um, to investigate and, and find out what's going on. So yes, that is definitely something we want to um, understand and realize that it can be much bigger um, and it can slide very quickly into much bigger if we don't catch it early, okay? So that's the key piece, catch these things early, be empathetic early, problem solve early and really work through this. All right, um, just to review a few things, you know, um, number one, discover and explore and find out what it is. That's our first piece when, when we start seeing these symptoms and signs. Um, encourage your child's bravery, empathetic to them, understand, give them stories of when you were a child, what was difficult, what was hard, and let them hear the, the real part of life. Let share your thoughts, share what happened to you. Don't scare them, but share, share with them. Encourage their bravery, be proud of them. Tell them you're being very brave. This is really taking a lot of courage. I know you can do this. Um, have, uh, have number three is have other people. Um, you know, number three is make a plan together. Remember, work together, problem solve together, figure this out together, okay? Don't wait until the morning though. Don't wait till the morning of. Talk about it the night before. Talk about it the week before. Plan your schedule. Talk about what's happening. Um, all ages, preschool children should know the night before that the next day is preschool. Talk about it. Don't wait till that morning when they wake up and ask you, what are we doing today? And you say, you're going to school. I don't want to go to school. It's too late, right? You've already, you, you've already should have talked about this. So talk about it the night before. Okay. Same thing with our high school kids. Talk about stuff. Middle school, talk about it. Elementary, talk about it ahead. It's called scaffolding. It's called preloading your children do it. It really does work. And then have, have number four is have people on board to support you and to support your child. Teachers, 
school counselors, principals, um, anybody you can, grandparents, anybody that can help support all of you in this process. People that will encourage you to, um, when the child walks in that door, they'll know what's going on and they can help them and support them. And number five is at the end of each week on that Friday, celebrate we made it through the week. Do a celebration. You know on Friday, if you uh, work week and how excited you are about Friday, well, let's make Friday a really cool celebration for the next couple weeks. Let's really emphasize we made it, we did it. Go get ice cream, um, go have a fun dinner that night, do something, go to the park, do something to celebrate the end of the week. All right, so that's a little bit on school refusal. I hope that helps. I hope that gives um, encouragement and understanding of really what is going on. Um, and uh, I wish you all the best. <laughs>